This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Radio fans, and welcome to Catpaws and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, the original cat boss, Trish Seifred, and I'm joined today by my friend and trusty assistant, Allie Feckety, and the one, the only, Courtney Both. Thank you so much for joining us today and co-hosting on this very special first episode. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am also very excited to be here. Let's get started. Awesome. So on today's show, I want to spend a little time letting our listeners get to know who we are, who the Cat Boss brand is, and what we are all about. And if you stay tuned, we're going to have a little contest for you, so you definitely don't want to miss that. So sit and stay. We'll be right back after this message. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Catbots and Friends on Pet Life Radio, the only place that you can tune in and make your cat's life better together. I'm your host, Trish, the original Cat Boss, and today I want to take some time and tell you about Cat Boss TV. But first, I think we should do a little introduction, and in a polite cat manner way, I'm extending my hand out to yours so that you can sniff around and learn a little bit about me and our friends. So my name is Trish Seifert. I'm the owner and creator of Catboss TV. And first, I'd like to give a special thanks to our producer, Mark Winter, for believing in us and making this show possible. So give it up to Mark. Thank you, Mark, for having us. Hey, Mark. So (laughs) a little bit about me. I've been training animals for professionally for close to 25 years for well-known animal shows like SeaWorld and Busch Gardens. And now I'm doing commercial work in print and movies for some of the biggest brands in the animal industry. So in future episodes, you will learn more about me and all the fun and unbelievable stories about working with animals throughout the years. Some are definitely funny. Some are dangerous. I'll say that. And some are just what you need to hear with a good ending. So although my official title is animal talent agent and trainer, I am first a pet owner. I don't have children, so I have furry children. And those are all comprised of rescue cats from shelters, feral cats from the street, and pedigree cats. Even I, Yes, I have pedigree cats. And of course, my dogs are shelter mutts, the best kind. But I also have I'm going to give you guys a little secret. I have one very talkative, 
loud green wing macaw. So if you listen closely, you might be able to hear him yell for his grandma. <laughs> That's my mom who lives across the street, but who doesn't love a grandma, right? He's no dummy. But I also have chickens and roosters and they're no ordinary chickens and rooster because they've also been trained for movies and on print packaging in the store. So let's just say that no one is a couch potato here besides me at the end of the day. So it's a little bit about me. So before I introduce to you a few of my friends, let me tell you a little bit about Cat Boss TV and how it all got started. So first, who or what is a cat boss? A cat boss is a cat mom or cat dad that has the desire to change their cat's life for the better. It's definitely someone who believes in whole body health and wants to enrich their cat's life by building confidence through training playtime, and the proper diet to help fuel your cat to be the best that they can be no matter what the circumstances are in their past. And at CatBoss TV, it's our mission to change how people see cats for the better. And you know what? If we change what we do at home to better them, then other people will follow too. Isn't that right, ladies? Yes, that's absolutely right. Totally. Yes, 100%. Okay. So CatBoss was created because people in the film industry would come up to me and say, you know what? We don't trust cats on set. The trainers never get them to do what we need them to do. Or the ever popular cats can't be trained. They just do whatever they want to do. So, And then outside of the film industry, frustrated cat owners would come up to me and describe their cat's behavior at home and then go on to say that there was no hope and that they would probably just take the cat to the shelter or make it an outdoor cat. I know you guys have heard probably similar things. Courtney, have you heard those kinds of things about cat owners? Yeah, I actually, especially the, when you talk about the film industry, I hear that all the time. People, producers and directors don't trust cats on set. And yeah, people are so frustrated sometimes with their pet cats. And there's, there's pretty good solutions to that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's when we knew we had to do something. We were tired of hearing that cats can't be trained or that my cat is the boss of me. And yeah, right, uh, lady, we're not going to train our cats at home. So, <laughs> But our goal for this show is to give you our secret lifestyle hacks for living with cats to bring harmony to your home. So it's to teach you that training isn't hard and it can be fun. It's also to help you build a better bond with your cat. And believe me, it can happen in just five minutes a day. And you can achieve that no matter what the circumstances are. Even if it's a new kitten, a senior cat, or a feral cat from the streets, Cat Boss and Friends is here to help you. So everyone knows, everyone knows that behind every passion or victory There is a why story. So if I may, I'm going to share a quick letter with you that we had received from one of our followers online, and it's about a black cat named Tammy. Okay, so this is from one of our listeners, and here we go. About a month ago, I stumbled across some feeding advice from Trisha Seifert online. At the time, we were free feeding our rescue cat, Tommy. Despite having Tommy in our house for three years, he seemed to have no bond with us whatsoever. He was a very frustrating cat, biting litter box issues, eating non-food items, and my husband wanted him out of her house. I just couldn't give up on him. Out of desperation, I ended up finding Trisha's advice and through her recommendation, I bought him some wet food. I got rid of his upstairs and downstairs feeders and scheduled feedings twice per day. After a couple weeks, Tommy started to seek us out for attention. He started by lying on the corner of our son's bed every night until we went to bed. 
then he started joining me in the evenings and lying on my lap. And the next thing I knew, he was actually allowing me to pet him, like exclamation points, eternity. <laughs> so now he jumps on my lap and demands pets. He has stopped all of his bad behaviors and he has become a model litter box user. I can't believe that such a simple change turned our feral brat into a family pet. Tommy's physical appearance has also improved. He has put on weight and he stopped pulling his hair out on his stomach. And I actually look forward to spending time with him. And my husband has stopped threatening to take him to the shelter. So that's just it, ladies and gentlemen. That is it. This letter had given me the reason to just keep going when I thought Cat Boss was just a dream and that it wouldn't come true. And then here we are receiving success stories like Tommy's. Isn't that awesome, guys? It's really so sweet. I'm so happy for Tommy. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. So speaking of success stories, it's time to introduce our friend and new convert to Cat Boss TV, Allie Feckety. (laughs) Allie is new to cat training, but she's no stranger to animal behavior modification and training. At 14 years old, she started her very first successful dog training business. Allie's love for her dog, Dr. Who, is how she got noticed on social media. Definitely by me. I I pointed her out right away. (laughs) This scruffy terrier is widely known as one of the top dog actors in commercial work, and her other dogs are soon to be featured in upcoming movie in 2023. Allie's love for trick training has worked its way over to the Cat Boss training world, too. After all, falling in love with the Cat Boss TV cats is easy to do, for sure. So Allie has a huge passion and heart for helping animals that are hard to adopt with behavioral issues and finding forever home. So Allie, I'm so glad that you could join us today for our first episode. It's crazy, folks. I offered Allie her first job when she was just shy of 17 and in school. And here we are now. She accepted. (laughs) Allie, can you tell everyone how training animals has deepened your connection with them and what it means to be able to help an animal in need? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Thank you for that introduction, Trish. I've always loved dogs or any animal, but dogs were always kind of my favorite. Uh, Sorry, cats. Um, Although my first pet was a cat named Scupid. Not stupid, Scupid. (laughs) And I never realized quite how much training would change my life. Um, So not only did I like dogs as a kid, I pretty much always knew I wanted to be a dog trainer. So when I got my first personal dog, that would be Dr. I knew I wanted to get into training, but I didn't realize quite how much that would (laughs) change or the way I relate to dogs until you get into it. It's one of my favorite things is just being able to see the bond that it creates with and through training. I know my dog's favorite things. I know the things they don't like. I know when they're feeling off even just a little bit, like I don't have to wait for them to show physical signs of not feeling well. I could just look at them and be like, something's off with you today. (laughs) Half the time I feel like I can read their mind. Um, They definitely can read my mind. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's just part of training, but like another really great part of it is the way we can help animals through it. So doctor's pretty cool. He's always been great. I had him since a puppy. So although he's, you know, (laughs) a terrier and likes to cause trouble, he never really had major, major issues that we necessarily had to work through. But my Belgian Malinois, Luna, who I adopted just shy of two, she had rather a rough start to life and went through several homes before I got her. And unfortunately, one of those homes caused some confidence issues and not just like minor confidence issues, like major confidence issues. She was scared of 
making a mistake at any turn, constantly waiting for someone to tell her she was a bad dog or she didn't want to try new things. So it was just, she just didn't want to do any of that stuff. <laughs> In fact, the, the first weekend I had her home, I offered her a French fry, which like all my dogs love, what dog doesn't love. And she like turned her nose up to it because she was like, I, I, no, I'm not trying that, which is crazy. So and a big difference from doctor who is like always ready to try new foods and loves to cause trouble. That's his favorite thing <laughs> is to find new ways to cause trouble. So getting Luna and being like, oh, okay. So like, I have to convince you food is cool <laughs> and teach you that I'm not waiting to just tell you you're a bad dog, but through training and confidence building and just patience and stuff, I was able to work on our bond. And not only was she able to learn to trust me, I was able to learn to trust her. And that's really important. I think that's a big part of training is being able to get to know your dog or your animal in a way that you wouldn't know them otherwise. Allie, touch on that a little bit because you're not the one that told her she was a bad dog. How many homes did she go through before you got her? And she was already conditioned to think that everything that she did was bad. Just touch on that a little bit. Yeah. So she went through four homes before I had her. A couple of different homes. Just she was at two homes that she lived in. She was in a rescue for a while. She spent a couple of weeks at a police department trying to be a police dog. Didn't go well. And then she landed with her foster, who was absolutely amazing and helped her on that journey. So she came quote unquote broken. <laughs> so you, you had to basically teach her to eat because she wouldn't eat. So you had to really build a bond with Luna through food. Is that right? Yeah. So when I first got her, I pretty much had to convince her every meal was was a good idea and sit there and <laughs> kind of help her through that. But just taking my time and building that bond and that trust with her was super important for her confidence building. Yeah. So food really made a huge difference, right? Because she learned to work for her food and, and work for your love. Is that right? Yeah, totally. And she, I mean, love is always free, but her ability to understand that love is not conditional was really important for her, I think. Yeah, for sure, because of her background and everything. But Allie, so I know that you have dedicated much of your free time volunteering at local shelters and rehabbing animals that people have given up on. So tell me what that means that you can see a change in them. And how does that feel to like place an animal in their forever home and then they stay there? Yeah, uh, fostering is one of my absolute favorite things ever. And a lot of people, when they hear I foster, they're always like, oh, I could never do that. I could never give up the dog that I spent so much time with. But for me personally, like that's my absolute favorite part of the entire process. Seeing a dog who's lived in a shelter for months and sometimes even years, finally find that perfect home that I mean, I'm not naive enough to say that I'm the perfect home for every dog. So being able to put them in a home that I can objectively go, no, this is a great home for that dog is really great, especially since the dogs I take in for fostering are usually dogs with are hard to adopt. They've got different behavioral issues. They're big dogs that don't know their size. So they're jumping and dragging people on leash, whatever. I've had some with aggression to humans and dogs, etc. So being able to help those dogs through training, whether it's just the basics of, hey, don't climb on top of everyone, don't drag me down the street, to being able to teach the dog that if I reach down for a piece of drop, you know, cheese wrapper or whatever, don't don't take my hand off, please. 
whatever that dog that you may be, but being able to train them and not just train the dog, but then being able to help the new owner transfer the training into their home is fantastic. And one of the best things I never expected was that almost every time I place one of my fosters, the owner is so excited to have a trained dog. They're like, I never realized how good a dog could be or like what a trained dog actually looked like. (laughs) And a lot of times they're like, this is this, I feel like I won the lottery with this dog, (laughs) which is pretty great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a true testament. You know, when we can help animals stay in their forever homes and not go to the shelter, it really is a huge testament to training and all the difference that it can make. Um, Thank you, Allie, for sharing that. You know what, folks, with 480 million stray cats and just 220 million own cats, we've got a lot of work to do. 70% of cats in shelters are euthanized and 80% are deemed healthy and treatable and most certainly adoptable. So we, you know, a lot of the training that we do at Cat Boss TV is rehabbing feral cats that were born in the street or strays abandoned by their owners left to survive. I can't tell you how many kittens I have pulled in from the street that people just dump their kittens off the side of the highway and make it someone else's problem. So, you know, that's going on all over the place, but we definitely believe that any cat can overcome their circumstances to be great. And Allie said that she was living vicariously through me yesterday because she she can't have her cat of her own. So she trains a cat boss TV cat. <laughs> so... <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's well, a great compromise. <laughs> well, folks, it's about time to take a little break. So sit and stay and come right back. And when we return, we're going to introduce you one of the most phenomenal cat trainers around, our friend Courtney. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. As promised, it's my great honor to introduce to you my friend and phenomenal animal trainer, co-host Courtney Both. Hello. Courtney is the founder of Animal Actors in Manitoba, Canada, and the co-founder of the largest canine, close your ears, cat lovers, I said canine, training facility in Manitoba. It is arguably one of the best set film trainers of our time. Courtney has worked on huge feature films with a variety of animals and is known for her work with cats. So please welcome my friend, Courtney. So tell our listeners a little bit about you and that dog, Utah, that got it all started for you. And then a little bit about your cats. They're some of my favorites and your dogs at home. 
Yeah. So thank you so much for having me here, Trisha. I'm super excited. I'm just going to talk a little bit about my first dog, Utah. He's a, he was a blue healer mix. Um, I got him when I was 19 years old. He introduced me into the world of dog sports, which is kind of how I got started in training. I actually was working at a vet clinic. I didn't have a dog and I was watching dog sports on TV and decided that that's what I wanted to do with my dogs when I finally got one. So Utah was a pretty special dog. He's kind of one of those dogs that you only have once in a lifetime. He literally did everything that I asked him. He was not amazing at everything, but he did everything. So we got to try every dog sport out there. Right now, I currently have several different breeds of dogs. Most of my dogs are rescues. So I have a 125-pound Kenny Corso. She was a rescue. She had multiple homes before I got her and kind of a bit of a difficult dog to live with, but I love that dog to pieces. I have a 12-pound Jack Russell mix named Ghost and my kind of big movie star dog, uh, Niffy, who just finished a feature film. She uh, gets a lot of work, but she's uh, she's a fun little dog. I actually got her from a shelter north of Saskatoon. She was uh, from a reservation, found as a puppy, just, I guess, a stray. And so when I saw my friend fostering her on Facebook, I'm like, I need this dog. And I didn't actually plan to get her. I was just kind of teasing my friend saying I needed a dog. And then she said, well, she's not up for adoption yet, but fill out an application because as soon as she goes up for adoption, she'll have lots of applications. So I filled out an application. Just, I don't know what I was thinking. I just did it. And all of a sudden the rescue contacts me saying I got approved. And when did I want to come get her? And I was like, oh no, this is happening too fast. I didn't even tell my husband. <laughs> so that's how I ended up with Niffy. And uh, yeah, and then I have seven cats. My uh, main movie cats are Chai. He's a phenomenal cat, believe it or not, a rescue as well. But he looks like a purebred Himalayan. A lot of people ask me that and I say, I don't know what he is. He's just a farm cat that I rescued. He's a phenomenal cat. He is He's amazing. amazing. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I got Smarty Pants, who's my bravest cat. And she she actually played a big role on a movie called The Dog's Way Home. She played Mother Cat and, um, and she's played several other roles on many other TV series and feature films. She's also a pretty incredible cat. And then I have my up and coming kitten, Newt, who I'm getting into the uh, the film industry. And he's just a gangly one-year-old cat that I just rescued from a local animal control. And he was actually going to get put down because there was just not enough room at the um, shelter for him. And uh, his time was up at the, at the pound. So when the shelter contacted me and uh, I said, yeah, I'll take him. And uh, he's been a great cat. So now he's a gangly teenager and we're just working on uh, getting him used to new environments. And I have a rabbit. My rabbit was I got him from a TV. We were doing um, TV commercials and uh, he's a blue rex rabbit and he was sort of a rescue as well he and i don't have the best relationship he actually i don't think he likes me very much but he loves my husband he's <laughs> my husband's rabbit like and my husband loves that rabbit so so he stays around because uh yeah they, those two have a, a great relationship i have a horse as well and also a rescue i all my animals tend to be rescues and i recently got a rescue ferret and i have a couple pigeons and two rats so I have quite a few animals. You have a menagerie like I do. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, you know, a little secret. Pigeons and rats are my favorite, like some of my favorite animals. I 
just adore them. They're amazing. There's nothing better than a baby pigeon and <laughs> baby rats. They're so smart for training too. I love it. Yeah, I have this one pigeon um, we call him Macklemore. And he was, believe it or not, he was actually a wild pigeon that I think someone maybe hand fed and he became a bit of a nuisance. So he was bugging people at the local thrift store in the um, close to a small town. And he was uh, like pecking at their feet and he was getting kind of kicked around, like get lost. They were talking about poisoning him. So when I got him, oh my gosh. So I was there at the thrift store and they were talking about poisoning him and, and it was this all this drama when I came out of the thrift store because some guy kicked it and this lady was crying. And so then I, I said, I'll just take him. And so I took him home and I named him Lack Lamore because of the thrift store connection. He's like the craziest, friendliest pigeon I've ever met. Like he's awesome. I've been training him to land on certain places and he's already got like a little mini following of people like other trainers that I work with that absolutely adore him because he's his personality is just out of this world. He just loves people so much. That's awesome. You know what? You're going to hear so many stories, so many stories. So if you subscribe <laughs> to Cat Boss and Friends, you're going to hear so many stories about rescuing animals, shelters, how to pick the right cat, how to adopt the right cat from a breeder. So many fun things on Cat Boss and Friends to come. So thank you for sharing that, Courtney. And tell our audience how training animals has changed your life and how much it has changed your animals' lives for the better. Well, training has been a big passion of mine. I am so grateful that my passion has become a full-time career. I've actually been training animals since I was a small child. I wasn't allowed dogs. So my parents had family cats and I trained the cats. So I've been training for a very long time and it's just very natural to me. But I just find it's so rewarding to get to do what you love every single day. And I really believe that having a training relationship and bond with your pet can not only improve the quality of its life through enrichment and training, I believe is definitely an enrichment, but it also helps them live longer lives. All of my pets, they all tend to live into their late teens. They live very long lives. And the quality of their life in those late teens is actually really good. Like I have a 17 year old dog that is, he's doing well still. <laughs> so you got to keep their mind going as well as their body. And I think that's important in keeping their quality of life and having them live a long life. No, you know what? That is so true. Somebody the other day said, wow, I have a couple of cats that are 13 and 14 and they look and act like they're three. And my friend was like, your cats look phenomenal. I would never guess that they were that old. And it is truly like a testament to training and how it can condition the mind and the body just to stay in shape. It's, it's really super cool. I agree. It's so important. Like the same thing, like even the vets are commenting uh, when I take my older animals in that they don't look like the age that they are just because I do. I do a lot of training, even if it's not an animal that maybe I don't usually work in film. I still do enrichment and training with them because I think it's so important for their quality of life. I agree for sure. So speaking of training, Courtney, I think one of the most important behaviors that you can teach your cat that's a foundation for a lot of other tricks is to come when called. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, coming when called, we say that's a, a behavior or a trick. It's also called recall. When you're recall training your cat, that can actually help to save their life. So I'm going to have Courtney share a few tips on how to get your cat to come when called. 
I agree about uh, what you just said about the recall. I often get asked how to teach recalls after people see some of my videos that I post on social media of my cats coming when I call them. So I always start with my cat's favorite motivator, depending on each cat, this can change. So my cat Chai that we talked about before, he loves fish. So I often use treats that have fish for him. And I have a bit of a funny story about that. When I worked, started working Chai on set when he was just a baby, he would only work for raw fish. So I literally had raw fish in my bait pouch. Gross. <laughs> but he's he started getting better about like just liking any kind of fish treats. And now he just likes any treats I give him. But he definitely enjoys fish more than other types of treats. And then Newton Smarty love chicken. And Smarty also loves to play where Chai is not an overly playful cat and Newt being a kitten. Of course, he loves to play. So I believe that you should have high reinforcement rates low duration and short distances to start. So I always start with short distances, lots of tasty treats, and I only do a few repetitions. I also start with a very familiar location like my living room with as little distractions as possible. We work up to adding new distractions and then we change location. Once they get good at being in the living room, then we may go into the kitchen. That's a new location. And then we might start doing um, maybe in the bedroom and then maybe move outside. So I, I definitely do all the different locations. Before I say going outside, I just want to make it very clear. I always make sure that my cat safety is priority. So my cats, if they do do any work outside, they are harness leash. They're also, I make sure that they get used to the harness and leash before I take them outside. So they have to also get used to that before we move into that kind of location. But then I move into different locations. When I go into a new location, I actually decrease my duration and distance again, and I increase my reinforcement. So I give more treats more often and make the train session shorter. When you go into new locations, I do find you have to backtrack a little bit. So you might have to go back a few steps. Um, even if your cat was amazing in your living room, but then you move to your kitchen, you may have to back up a few steps because it is a new environment. There's new distractions, there's new smells. So don't be afraid to to go back a little bit. And then, yeah, I just keep adding more distance and more durations and new locations each time. And that's how I build up my recalls. Yeah. So that's awesome. I agree with all of that. So duration wise, you keep your sessions pretty short, five minutes to start or even less. Tell the audience like what duration might look like. I find it looks different for every animal I work. So even if we're not just talking cats, but even we're talking rats or a different species, but even individual cats, I find it's different. So my kittens need very short durations because their attention span is a lot shorter than my older cats that have a lot of training experience and history of training. So they, they tend to go, they be able to go a little bit longer. So it really depends on your cat. But if you're starting off with a brand new cat, that's never really done training, especially if they're young, because their attention is going to be a little shorter. I would definitely go with as short duration as you possibly can. You want the, the animal to be wanting more when you're finished. So I don't really like to put a time frame on it because I watch the cat as I'm training it. So I see if the cat is still eager to work, but we've had some really good sessions. I'm, I'll just end it there. And then that way, the next time we come back, there's going to be even more eager to do it. But you don't want to um, train them so much that it becomes a bit of a chore and they're not wanting to, to work so much with you. So I don't like to put a time frame necessarily because I watch each individual cat. That was a test. 
<laughs> I'm just joking, but no, that's totally true. Because each cat is an individual, each animal is an individual, and you know what? We are going to talk in future episodes about body language and how to notice those signs, like for training. Like, what if your cat is uninterested? What does that look like? What if your cat is spinning around or walking away? That might be like your cat processing things. Maybe not that they're uninterested, or your cat stretching or yawning. All of those kinds of things like body language has a huge part in training and being able to recognize some of those things and so that you can end your training on a good note. So that is awesome. Our first tip from Miss Courtney. That was great. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Okay, folks, as promised, here is your chance to win our first social media contest. We are going to have you post your videos of your cat responding to their name and coming when called from at least 10 feet away or more on Instagram. And we're going to have you use the hashtag catbosspodcast1. And then you're going to comment with catboss and friends podcast. Watch this. Uh, we're going to pick our winner in our third episode. And the winner will receive one of our famous Cat Boss TV training marks to help you teach your cat. One of the, uh, a lot of the tricks that we're going to talk about uh, in future episodes on our mobile app. So definitely make sure to come back and find out who the winner is in episode three. And if you have ever wondered if there is an app for that, well, yes, there is. The Cat Boss TV cat training app is live on the Apple App Store and it's coming soon to Google Play. I know Courtney is excited to get that on Google Play. I've been waiting for that to come out. I've been tempted to get an iPhone just so I can get the app. <laughs> I know, I know. That's awesome. But it is coming out. I think it's in a, in a couple of weeks, Courtney. It's going to be worth the wait. Awesome. Our app features over 50 tricks with step-by-step -step tutorials, Cat Boss TV guides for training, and so much more. So be sure to check it out and help you get started on your new training journey. Ladies and gentlemen, if you missed any of that, uh, you're just tuning in, you can check our show notes and get all the information about the contest, or you can go to Cat Boss TV and get in touch with us there. So you definitely won't miss that opportunity. Okay, so if you were just tuning in and you missed part of this episode, don't worry. We were introducing myself, Courtney, and Allie. And we were talking about how we are professional animal trainers, but you definitely don't have to be a professional animal trainer to train your cat at home. So if you ever wondered how people become professional animal trainers, people often approach us and ask us about the animal industry and how we got started. So Courtney, how old were you when you first got your professional gig? I was about 20 years old and I did a live theater show with my dog, Utah. Okay. And Allie? Uh, I was about 16 when Dr. got his first job. Uh, he was in a local Shakespeare festival in a play called Shakespeare in Love. Okay, folks, I am sensing a common thread here. So tune in to our next episode and find out how I landed my first job at SeaWorld at the age of 18 and how you might be able to get started in the animal industry or just train your cat at home. So we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us at catbosstv.com, on Facebook at catbosstv, on Instagram at catboss.tv. Or you can email us at catboss at petliferadio.com. Well, folks, we are out of time. So thank you so much for joining us. And I'd like to thank our producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. Chat with you on the next episode of Cat Boss and Friends. High five, cat bosses. Bye.
Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.